Rejoice in what you have done. 
Like a ring of solid gold Like a vow that is tested Like a covenant of old Your love is enduring And through the winter rain And beyond the horizons With mercy for today Faithful you have been Faithful you will be You pledge yourself to me And it's why I sing your praise Will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. You follow the orphan, your kindness makes us whole. You shoulder our weakness And your strength becomes our own Now you're making me like you Clothing me in white Bringing beauty for ashes For you will have your bride Free of all her guilt And rid of all her shame and known by her true name And it's why I sing your praise Will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be on my lips Ever be on my lips Your praise will ever be
Continue just to sing out.
sing together in heaven. We'll sing it together today. Say, before you say, takes away the sins of the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your blood-stained hand have our name on them. And you freely went to the cross. You took our pain and our shame. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Forgive us of our sins. Oh, God, our hearts are heavy. There's so much tragedy around us here in our city, here in our state forest fires burning up north again Maui destroyed many many lives lost so many families displaced and broken have lost everything everything over 200 plus structures that were destroyed Father God in the name of Jesus we pray life and speak life into those families whether they're on Maui or whether they're here in New Mexico that have lost, I pray you speak life and hope and encouragement and peace. Father God, for our schools, we pray a hedge of protection over the children and staff and teachers and students and parents. Father God, we just pray for our community that we love, this city we love, the city that we live in, that we choose to live in, and God, Yet there's such brokenness. Father God, I pray that, Lord, we take back our city for Christ. We take back this state, Lord God, and this country come back to you. Father God, I pray for every individual here going through challenging times. I pray that, Father God, you heal the sick, that you renew families, strengthen them, encourage them in relationships. And Father God, meet our every need. We thank you for all that you're doing and all you've done. 
And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Quietly be seated as we prepare for communion. You should have been given communion elements as you walked in. If not, our ushers will get them over to you. Just wave them over. But as we hold the bread, we are to remember what the Lord did for us. That he suffered, died, and was buried. But on the third day, he rose again. We're to remember his death that died to forgive us of our sins, but also to give us the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, to be able to carry us and to meet our every need and to watch over us and to be able to experience his goodness and his mercy and his love. We are to be able to celebrate all that he's doing and all that he's done. So, Father, as we hold this bread, we remember that, Lord, you took our sin to the cross. So forgive us for the things that we've done. Forgive us for our shortcomings. And we hold this bread and we eat it with great joy in remembrance of you for what you did for us and the promise we have because of it. This is the body of Christ you made bread. He likewise took the cup and he gave thanks and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my blood the blood of the everlasting covenant that I make with you, a new covenant. Father, it's by the blood, the shedding of the blood is the forgiveness of sins, but Lord, it's also the protection and the shield you put about us to keep us from the evil one. So Lord, if there's anyone here that needs healing, heal their bodies. Anyone needs restoration, restore their lives. If anyone, Father God, is just lacking, I pray that you overwhelm them with your goodness. That, Father, they could claim the promises of Jesus. So as we hold this cup, we say thank you for the blood of Jesus. This is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. You may drink of the cup. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. You can stand again if you so choose to worship him. Thank him for what he's for doing. Every sin, our Savior died. The Lord Thank you, sir. Can be committed. No, our the God has risen from the grave. Sing it with us. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. The written on his hands Jesus you will reign forevermore a victory is yours we sing your praise endless hallelujah to your holy name Jesus you will with and carrying burdens for ourselves, for others, for family members, for 
for our city, for our nation, for the people who are affected by fires, Heavenly Father, right now, we declare victory because in no one else, in no one else can we be as safe and secure and sure that the victory is already been won. So right now, Heavenly Father, in this place, we come in giving you thanks, giving you praise, giving you glory, lifting up a hallelujah because you are worthy of praise. Of all of the things that we could turn to right now, of all of the things that we see, of all of the things that are a distraction, nothing else should be greater in our lives than giving you praise in this place where your spirit abounds and where we stand on holy ground. So we praise you, Lord. We praise you right now for the things that you have done for us. We thank you for the things that you were doing. And we praise you and stand on your promises for the things that you will do. We lift you up. We give you glory. We, we give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Give him praise because he deserves it. Could you turn to someone and welcome them into the house of the Lord? Hey, I'm Tommy. And I'm Eddie. We're the Skit Guys. And we want to talk to you today about signing up for the worship team. Yeah. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Stop. Hey. No, 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 no. It's, it's hard to show you grace when you do that, okay? What? This is my gift and I'm using it. Was it a gag gift? What? I mean, what, what do they say? One man's trash is... is another man's great singing voice. Hello. Yeah, okay, that, fair enough. Anyway, look, if, if you are somewhat musically inclined and would like to help, we'd love for you to sign up and help the worship team and make the worship great here at church. I once was lost, Stop. but Seriously. now Seriously. I'm found. Shh. Was blind, Shh. now I'm No. See. No, sir. No. I surrender all. Okay, wait. Let me, let me hear a little more. All to Jesus. Yeah, I heard it that time too. I welcome to you the new members of the new worship t- or the mem- uh, worship team, Tommy and Eddie. Hey guys. <laughs> What's up, family? How y'all doing today? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, church. My name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings Church, and. I want to introduce, not that you don't know them, but I'm going to introduce them anyway for those that might be here for maybe the, one of the first times or maybe the first time here. Um, this is Javier Gonzalez. He's our drummer here at New Beginnings Church. Good morning, good morning. And this is Roxy de Santiago, one of our vocalists as well. And You've seen them from time to time help us here on announcements and um, not that you're, they're completely foreign to most of, they're not really to any of you really, but... I brought him up here because last week we had mentioned about getting involved and volunteering at the church and so many areas of which we need so many, so, so much, so many more hands in these areas. And today we're going to want to talk to you about worship team. 
And can we, not that you're tired of um, applauding our volunteers, but can we give it up for our worship team, amen? They work tirelessly. And I was reminded very quickly last service how bad is it is rather to have not one but two attorneys here <laughs> right surprise, they don't surprise, know when surprise. to stop they don't know when to stop they we went over can't get rid of us <laughs> church i wanted to talk to you but because look our worship team is just such an amazing community um and i wanted to uh, Roxy has been a part of our worship Talk to us, Roxy. How long have you been a part of our worship team? I have been a part of this worship team approximately 12 years. Wow. It's been my honor and pleasure. Yep. 12 yep. years. Javier, what about you? How long have you been a part of this team? Uh, I started when I was 12, so eight years. No, I'm just kidding. It's been 20. <laughs> I wish it was eight, but it's been 20. So he's been, they've been a part of the worship community now for a long, long time here at New Beginnings Church. And I wanted to them to tell their story of how they got involved and what it looks like for them because see i'm on staff here this is what i do but they're not and i wanted them to showcase hey tell us a little bit about what your life looks like as hectic as it may be uh, with their their professions as, as attorneys and how busy their caseloads are uh, you tell me roxy what is how does this work for you how does it getting involved in those kind of things um first of all worship is part of who I am. It is part of how I live my life for Christ. It Man. is something that I have to do. It's almost like I don't have a choice. If I want to live for God, this is what I know he has called me to do, and I feel I need to do it. So it's been my honor and pleasure. But let me tell you, as busy as we are, um, both of us are extremely busy, when something is important to you, you will make the time for it. And that's what it is, serving on this. Yes, it takes time, but, but we make the time for it because it's important. And, and thankfully, Michael also rotates us in and out. So sometimes you won't see me here, and that's, that's quite right. all right. That's because I have to do other things, but um, that's what it's all about here. Awesome. Javier, give, give us a little story. How, how did you start here at the team? I know Roxy, Roxy has her own story about, hey, you sing a note really nice, and I hear you on Sundays singing way over there. Hey, we need you up here. How did you get started? Yeah, so like I said, I started when I was 12 years old back at Southside Church of God. Raise your hand if you remember Southside or if you were there. We got word, some Southsiders word. still, that's right. And uh, that was back, you know, back in the day we were doing the key of G with the umpas. And Pastor Richard was on the bass sometimes. We call that two for timing. That's right. It's the umpas, okay. right, for the Southsiders. <laughs> and, uh, and Pastor Richard, he uh, found out from my dad that I just happened to get a drum set the year for my birthday. And he's like, hey, I hear you uh, play the drums. Well, I have a drum set. And he's like, cool, good enough. And uh, they started us, and Sister Cindy was good enough to mentor me, and it's yeah. been that way ever since. But as Roxy said, you know, we have extremely busy lives, all of us here, amen? And That's we right. all have our own thing going on. We have families. We have hobbies. We have uh, obligations at work. Football. Yeah, there you go. Football's I, I, coming I up. I tried getting Javier here the day after his wedding, and he said no. <laughs> I couldn't find a replacement. He was like, you I know, can't make it, dude. I was going to say yes, but I could feel my wife burning a hole inside <laughs> inside of my head with her eyes. So I said, sorry, I can't make it. But, you know, as Roxy said, we're really good about rotating people in, rotating them out. You know, if you need a break, it's awesome. We just want people who have a heart for ministry who are wanting to be here, who uh, feel just a true calling to be up on stage with us. 
And it really is a family here. You know, we just... Um, it's a little crazy. It's a little crazy, but, little you know, crazy. we keep Roxy under control. Uh, <laughs> as hard as it is sometimes. She can hold her own. She can, yeah. <laughs> she can hold her own. She and, raised uh, watch two out, boys. Uh, watch out. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, Amen. like I said, if you really feel like you're being called here, I would 1,000% recommend it. Uh, it's a phenomenal time. And just getting to hear you guys... From this point of view, Amen. it's a whole nother ball game. Am I right? Yes. Just hearing the entire chorus from up here, it's just an incredible experience. It's so gratifying. It's it so really gratifying. Is. And uh, we just love worshiping with you guys. And if you feel like worshiping with us up on stage, I would talk to Pastor Michael. There's a QR code in the back. That's you right. can look online, and there's information on how to join. get out of the way of that yeah. QR code. Don't <laughs> say it, and, and don't be shy. You don't get to see very many of the faces because the lights are right in your eyes. And so then you, you just don't know who's out there. It's all good. Don't be nervous yeah. about standing up here. That's right. And so church, look, here are the areas in which we need a lot of help on, the, on this platform when it comes to worship team. We, I mean, it's right now we have just Javier playing drums. And so sometimes you see me playing drums because he's like, Hey, by the way, my wife is wondering if we can go to the movies. Is that okay with you, Mike? Anniversary, you know, you stuff know, like those that. Those kind of things. And we're going, hey, yeah. sure, I guess. Right. And uh, I'll have to cover drums from time to time. And, uh, and so if, if you can help, like we need drummers. You know, this keyboard is here. Um, it's not there just because it makes the stage look nice. If you guys remember Sister Wood, Sister Susan, uh, we called her Karen. We called her Sharon. We called her <laughs> Debbie. Debbie. We called her, okay. Kathy, we called her Kathy, Kathy for a while. Kathy. She's like, nobody remembers my name. But she passed away, and it's kind of like that's, that's, that's a little, that, that's Susan Wood's spot. But, you know, we would love for somebody to fill in Susan's spot. And, but church, we need keyboards. We need some more bass players, even more vocalists to, to um, rotate in and out. And um, we would love for you to start getting involved. And that QR code is behind me again. If the Lord is saying, hey, I have given you a gift. Maybe it's a gift of just singing or and a gift of an instrumentation. We would love to hear from you. And that QR code is there. We can talk further about where your skill level is. And, you know, Javier, when he first got his drum set, he literally just got it. And they said, hey, that's good enough. But he didn't, he would, he didn't start playing the way he plays now. Pastor Cindy mentored him. And she taught him this entire way through. He wants to do the same thing. I want to do the same thing. Uh, Roxy. Um, and so we want to give these people on stage, you know, the time to be able to sit out there as well and fill their cup and worship alongside you as well. It's one thing doing it up here, which is, by the way, like Javier said, it's, something, it's so amazing to hear you belt out the way you do. Because trust me, it ministers to us immensely. It does. But to sit out there with you, we would absolutely love it. So if the Lord is pushing you in that direction, say, hey, I've given you a gift. Stop, stop double-guessing yourself or just do it. Scan that QR code. Get in touch with your worship team, and we'll reach out to you. Amen, church? And we thank you so much for considering that. And by the way, much more represented, right? We have Javier and Roxy, but man, thank you to Wally. And just give it up for Wally and, and Kristen, our vocalist. And, and Lena, who's still a part of our team, but she's serving our country overseas, and we give it up for her, and she might be watching. We love you, Lena. Love we you, miss Lena. you. Love you, Lena. Uh, she watches every single week, and so we give it up for her. But church, we thank you so much for considering that. Pastor Richard, we turn over the pulpit to you, my brother, and thank you so much. And once again, we'll celebrate our worship team. Amen. Thank you, church. Javier, uh, the day you were getting married, Michael wanted you here the very next day. 
And, and you go, but I'm getting married. And he goes, I'll find someone to fill in for you. He didn't mean on the drums. He meant at the pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he was able to do it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you were the one that said I do and not someone else in your place. For those of you that don't know, my wife has been a drummer for years and years and used to play the drums, but she moved over to let others step up. Youth, you're dismissed. If you haven't left already, uh, we want to thank the youth for their amazing calling and what God's doing in your life. It is just really, really awesome. And we thank God they started school already. Some are starting this week. Some started two weeks ago. It's kind of weird schedule, but guys, it's, I don't know if you all read the paper, but uh, yeah, I think it was yesterday. It might have been Friday, but very disappointing that we have the highest dropout rate in the country. We have the lowest graduation rate in the country. We're first on some highest and second to Alaska. And I was so disappointed. And then I read another article that Albuquerque was just declared the ugliest city in the United States of America. And they weren't saying about the, how pretty the city is, but just the violence and drugs. And, and, and it grieved me because I love this city. I love this city. I, I've been here for 41 years by choice. We weren't born in this state, and yet you guys welcomed us in, even though we're Tejanos, you guys are like, oh, we don't like Tejanos, but we came to like you, you know? It's like, but, but I'm telling you, we need to take back our city for Jesus Christ. We need to take back our state and this country back for the Lord, amen? Well, guys, I'm starting a new series today, and it's called Choices That Determine Your Future. Because every choice, every Every, like Newton's law says, for every action, there's an opposite and equal or opposite reaction. So in other words, whatever you put in, you're going to get out. And, and, and we don't understand that sometimes. We don't understand that our decisions have consequences. And sometimes we end up in messes and we're going, well, I don't know how I ended up here. Well, you made bad decisions and you got yourself in a mess. Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 30 said this in verse 15 and 16. He says, now listen. And the word says to us today, now listen. Today, I'm giving you a choice between life and death and between prosperity and disaster. For I have commanded you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you are about to enter and occupy. So he said, man, if you choose life and you choose love to love the Lord and keep his commands, you're going to get blessed. And let's be honest, haven't we been blessed by seeking and following the Lord? Yeah. Now look what he goes on to say in verse 17 through 19. But, but, if you choose God, you're going to be blessed. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen and you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live along 
good life in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Today, I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, you hear him cry now, oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might be blessed and live. Lord, I pray that today we really understand the power of choice, the power of choice and how Heavenly Father choosing the values that give us our future is all a matter of choice. And I pray this in Christ's name, amen. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it's kind of known as the hall of faith. It's men and women that, that literally made decisions to serve God and live out their life in faith. And in there, at verse 25 through, I mean, 23 through 27, it talks about Moses. And it talks about the decisions he made. And then says it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses saw uh, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. It goes on to say, he thought it was better he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. And it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Man, what a powerful passage. And there's a lot of things wrapped up in that. And the very first one, I want to say that if you and I are going to live out values for our life that really transform our life and change our life for the better and change our community and change the generations that come behind us and to cancel those horrible curses in our life and in our family, we have to choose to be defined by God and not by others. People will want to put a label on you, amen? They will try to label you any way they can. Hey, stupid. Hey, dumbhead, right? Come on, people are ugly. People are mean. I remember in high school, they would have, like, at least in our high school, they, they had it at the senior year, and they had it at the senior prom, and they gave these awards out, most likely to succeed, and most likely to have the most children. And I was like, man, that's messed up, man. <laughs> you know? And what was really crazy, 10 years later at the 10-year reunion, the one that they said most likely to have most children, she really did. <laughs> like, what I lay, man. They named me senior, uh, favorite senior boy or boy. Anyway, I was the favorite senior guy. Like, what I lay, I didn't even know I was running for it, you know. <laughs> but they labeled you. Hey, Grifo, that means pothead. Hey, gangster, hey, are you with me? 
Some of you carry a name, a title, and you've been carrying that because someone labeled you, and they poured this into, in verse 20, we're still in Hebrews 11, verse 24, it says it was by faith that he grew up, and he refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. You know what? Oh, you're the Pharaoh's daughter's kid. Oh, you got it. No, 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 you know what? I'm a Hebrew. She might have adopted me. She found me in the river. But you know what? I'm a Hebrew. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. You see, if you don't know Moses' story, don't read it right now, but in the story, you see that Moses, at that time, they had, Joseph was, was the, the, the Pharaoh's right arm. He was, he was a Hebrew, and he had saved the generations, and all the Hebrews moved over to Egypt, but now they multiplied so much, and they had so many children, and they were growing so fast, the Pharaoh got kind of freaked out, and he said, that's it, man. We're going to start killing all the, the firstborn male of the Hebrews so that they won't keep having kids. And so when Moses is born, man, his mom and dad said, you're not killing our kid. So they hit him against the Pharaoh's command. They hit him for three months. Can you imagine how hard it was to hide a crying baby, to hide a baby, a little boy? Man, and when you have a kid, you want to show him off, and she couldn't show him off, and all of a sudden, they saw that the Pharaoh's daughter went to the river all the time to bathe, and so this time, they put Moses in a basket, and they put him close enough, and he was crying, and she goes, what's that? And they go, hey, we found a little Hebrew boy. Do we kill him? And she goes, you're not going to kill that. I don't care what my dad says. He's mine. Finders keepers. So she took him home. But then she goes, what am I going to feed him? I don't, we don't, they didn't have Similac. They didn't have that. They were like, what am I going to do? So Moses' sister, Miriam, is right nearby and says, hey, I heard, I was being a mitotera, I was being a busybody, and I heard that you need someone to feed the baby. My mama had a baby, and she's got a lot of milk, and she could feed, be a, feed, a breastfeeding mama for your baby. They go, yeah, bring your mama, we'll even pay her. So they prayed Moses' paid Moses's mama to breastfeed her own baby. And she got to care for him and bring him up and tell him the whole time, you are God's child. You are a special child. God has set you apart for this time. He spared your life. He didn't spare a lot of other little Hebrew boys. So Moses knew who he was. He let God label him and not man. The world will try to label you. Some of you have seen this amazing brother that helps me out. Bishop, I want to call you up here right now. I know we didn't practice this or nothing, but look, I've known Bishop for years, probably 15, 20 years. We ride motorcycles together. We used to do rides together. And, and I've always known him as Bishop, and, and, and yet his real name is Doug, Doug Anaya. I never knew it was Doug, and this guy's telling me one time, yeah, well, we're partnering with Doug. And I go, who's Doug? He goes, dude, you introduced me to Doug. I go, I don't even know a Doug. The only Doug I know is a scientist out at Sandia Laboratories. He doesn't ride a motorcycle. He can't even hold up a motorcycle. And he goes, dude, you know Doug? And he showed me. I go, that's Bishop. I go, you mean his name is Doug? Wow. So I never knew your name was Doug. Bishop. Okay, give me a little background of your background. Where, where, where were you born? Tell me a little bit about your parents. You're Chicano. Are, you know, I'm, I'm of my Mexican. My parents came from Mexico. Tell us a little bit about you. Uh, born and raised in New York. Um, yeah, and, and I, I came out here. You, you guys weren't too kind to me. Um, so talk about Texans. Um, but I, I came out here, born and raised. I've been here probably about 19 years. Wow. Um, 
and I just um, love it out here. My parents are from Central America, from El Salvador. Um, so when I begin to speak, people, a lot of people speak uh, in Spanish about me, but they don't understand that my Spanish is Castilian Spanish. Yeah. Um, but because of my eyes, people think I'm Italian. Yeah. So back home in New York, I fought everybody. I fought he's got everybody. blue eyes, and yeah. he's like, yeah. Ugly guy, you know, just, but, but that's, that's the way it worked. But that's my, my background. I'm so you, you, you were always in fights with Italians and just everything. The Spanish uh, guys uh, back home, there was a lot of, um, a lot of desegregation going on. Yeah. And so the, uh, the blacks didn't know what I was. The Italians knew I wasn't Italian. Uh, the Spanish guys didn't know what I was, so I just fought everybody. Yeah, so then you moved to Albuquerque, and, and, and you're a motorcycle rider. I, that's how I met you. Yes. We, we had a group of motorcycle riders, and you, you led a group of motorcycle riders right. from your church. Yeah, you, now, you went to Bible college, right? Yes, I, I went to seminary school and, and completed seminary school. And you're an ordained minister. Yes, sir. Yeah. See, and you're going like, orale, I thought this guy was a gangster. Yeah. Wow, he's a gangster for Christ. Amen. See, no, but, but okay, <laughs> but, Amen. but. Okay, but come on, look, let, let's just be straight up honest, see? When you first saw him, he's a little scary looking, intimidating, right? And some of you thought like, wow, oh, man, that guy's around pastor. Is he there to hurt pastor or protect pastor or what's the deal? Because the world labels us. Amen. Okay, now, you used to lead a group of called the Hell Fighters. Right. Because you were leading people out of literally the hell, fighting hell for their soul. Okay, then God, God called you into different ministry. You're now the head of Los Capellanes, right? Yes, sir. Tell, what, what does Los Capellanes even mean? Los Capellanes means the chaplains. The chaplains. Yes. So there are a group of chaplains, but also just people that love Jesus and are serving our community. Amen. I don't know if you saw, they were on the news last night for very positive things. Not because they were beating up anyone, or, and we'll talk about that in a little while. But, but okay, now... All of a sudden, you have to make a decision. Are you going to let the world label you or someone else? When, when did that decision come in your life, and, and how did God redirect you? Well, a long time ago, uh, I remember my dad telling me, um, he says, son, you're going to be in trouble. And he says, you have the spirit of Peter. And I didn't understand what he meant. But I always like to go against the grain. And, and, um, and he's talking about Peter in the Bible? Correct. Who's this wild, crazy dude for Jesus? Amen. But, man, he's the one that cut off the ear, and he's the one that, anyway, so. He, well, and we know he was Spanish because he's the one with the knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just in case, <laughs> case you guys didn't know that. I'm just saying. Come on. So. How many Chicanos in the house have a knife on them right now? Exactly. Okay? Yeah. Look at that. Look. They don't even want to admit it. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a setup essay. No. I don't, I don't, I don't wrap myself out. His, okay. name, his name was Pedro, <laughs> Pedro. Which, which stands for rock. Yeah, right? okay. okay. So, but but that, that, that was definitely, um, God had definitely had a, had a different calling in my life. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, when you gave your life to Christ, did he label you? Um, no. He, he, well, he did. He labeled me. He defined uh, you, right? He labeled me a minister. He labeled me um, a misfit for him. And, Amen. And, and that's something that God had put in my heart. And he told me I was going to be doing something totally different. When, when I finished seminary school, I went to a local place here. And they found out that I was ordained. And they saw all of my 
uh, transcripts, and they wanted to give me a church real quick. And I said, no, I, I, I don't belong inside four walls. And they got upset, and they kicked me out. <laughs> so, well, we, we love people here, and we love their different calling, just like they were talking about earlier. Amen. And that God is doing an amazing work in your life, and Amen. we thank God that you chose to be defined by God, Amen. And not by anyone else. Amen. Now, God has blessed you with this amazing woman that is even a writer, too. Yes. And she loves the Lord. Amen. She loves you, and she loves her bike. Yes. Right? Lenora, would you come up here real quick, like? And uh, this is his beautiful wife, Lenora. And Lenora, yesterday, um, you guys did something really amazing. You guys came out on Channel 7 News last night. And I'm watching the news, and I'm like, oh, that's the bishop, and then Lenore in the background, and a whole bunch of other writers, and some of them are here. Tell us what took place yesterday. Yeah, thank you, Pastor, for having us. Um, so every year, we do um, an outreach event. And, well, we do several uh, for back to school. This, is, this was our third year providing a back to school outreach event. We, my husband thinks big all the time. So instead of adopting a family for, I don't know, you know, bringing gifts or bringing uh, school supplies, we adopted a whole school. Yeah. So what school is, is that? So the school we adopted is Matheson Elementary. They are a full Title I school located in the Northeast Heights. Okay, a Title I school, for you, those of you that don't know, is meaning every child there qualifies for being all the outreach that the government gives to poverty-stricken children now, under, under the poverty level. So go ahead. Yeah, so yesterday, I mean, this is uh, an, an outreach program or initiative that we take months in working on. So we have an initial drive that some of you guys attended and donated to, and then we have the actual event. So the event that we did um, was for the entire school of 200 students, so we collected over 200 backpacks, and we collected um, enough school supplies to give to each child. And enough school supplies, everything. The principal was kind of freaked out, huh? Yeah, the, the, the principal, the first time we, we came to them, um, she found out that I'm the chaplain for a group that has been labeled. So um, th she was really hesitant. Who do you happen to be the chaplain for? Uh, I am the chaplain for the Bandidos Motorcycle Club. The Bandidos Motorcycle Club. Yes, sir. Now, see, most people have a real bad image of the Bandidos, right? And let's be honest, the Bandidos have done some things that were wrong, but they've also done a lot of things that are right. Like yesterday was one. Under Bishop's leadership, he introduced this outreach to the Bandidos, and they said, hey, we want to be a part of it. There were about 80 of them there, right? And then the chaplains, and then there was other motorcycle groups that came along, other church groups and other stuff. But you guys did this and, and really blessed a community, families that were, isn't that amazing? Could God be the glory? No. And what, what you guys don't see is the fellowship that um, everybody comes together to provide for these children. So they also stepped in to do haircuts. They provided food for everybody that came to um, the event yesterday. And then they rode in and did a motorcycle parade for the kids. So there's a lot more that people don't see.
that we see and we're so very extremely proud to be a part of. You know, God calls us to be the light in the midst of darkness, and you guys are shining your light nice and bright. One person that was with them yesterday is their daughter. Jade, come over here real, real quick. Like, I don't want to take any more time because we're good. But this is their, their youngest daughter, Jade, and uh, she was right there alongside of you guys, right? And I just found out today, because I just love this kid. She's awesome. She, she gives me hugs every Sunday and their other daughter, and I, I, I enjoy hugging people, as you all know, but... But their daughter, Jade, just told me, she goes, Pastor, I'm leaving for Denver. And I'm like, oh, man, who gave you permission to do that? And she goes, my mom and dad. And I go, what's wrong with them? But, uh, but she is leaving us a, t- a day after tomorrow. So I just want to pray over you. And I want to send you off as, as, as like a missionary, that you be light in the midst of darkness, that you show people what Christians are like, not just New Mexicans. This is what Christians are like. We change communities. So, Father, thank you for Jade. Thank you for uh, Bishop and Lenore, Lord, that are, are, are just doing an amazing outreach to broken lives and hurting people. Father God, as Jade goes off, we pray that you first protect her on her way up there. We pray she settle in with some amazing people, that she meet all the right people, people that love you and are serving you, that are going to edify her to walk. And then people that need Jesus, that she's going to be able to lead and edify them. Father, let her, find, let her find a really awesome church that isn't afraid to talk about Jesus and live for him. I pray blessing over the ministry of Los Capellanes and the work they're doing along in, within the Los Bandidos, but other groups, Lord. They're just ministering the love of Jesus. I pray blessing over them in Jesus Christ's name and God's people. Shout out. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you all. I'm telling you, God wants to define you. He wants to put a label on you. He wants to call you his sons and his daughters. He wants to call you his ministers and his pastors, his missionaries. He wants to call you his leaders in his church that you guys are serving and changing a community and crying out on behalf of a community. Choose God to define you and not people because people will put a name on you that's wrong. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4 says, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with his, to be entrusted with his good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people, for he alone examines the motives of our hearts. Man, in Jeremiah 29, 11, many of us have heard this before, but it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. That's who God's all about. Let him define you. Second thing I want to say is you need to choose a short-term comfort for long-term reward. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Sometimes we have to make some decisions that, aren't going to be that popular. They're not going to be that comfortable. You're going to be like, oh, now they're going to label me. Now they're going to say, oh, God told me to pray for them. God told me at work to, to let everyone know, hey, I prayed during my break. If any of you need prayer, uh, just fill out this form. I'll pray for you guys. Oh, yeah, you think you're all that? Oh, talk to the goody two-shoed prayer warrior. But guess what? When they need prayer, guess who they go to? The prayer warrior. Because they know who you are. 
because you declared it. And you might be ostracized for a while. You might not be accepted all the time. You might be treated a little different, but I'm here to tell you, you put up with that little discomfort for a short time because in the long range, the reward is awesome. The reward is God blessing you abundantly. It says right there in verse 25 of Hebrews 11, Moses chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of the fleeting pleasures of sin. Let me tell you something. God will use your discomfort to help you grow. When you're put in a tight situation, a dis, a, a, an uncomfortable situation, man, you find yourself growing and you get stronger and you go, man, you ought to see one time I had a job where, man, all they would do is dog me, man. Or maybe you're not the supervisor there. And they go, oh, it must be nice you're the supervisor. Hey, you don't even know what I went through. You don't even know how they treated me. They treated me like an animal. But now here you are, the mero mero, the mera mera. You're the boss, man, because God honored you. Let me tell you, in the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, it says, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they're... They're to help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So, man, don't give up. You might be going through a trial right now, but you hang in there, you keep pressing forward because God's going to bless you. Another thing God does is he's going to reward us in heaven. We're going to be blessed in heaven. We're going to be rewarded. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, For these present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Man, you might be going through a difficult time, but I'm telling you, joy comes in the morning. It's going to be glorious. I don't know what you're facing right now, but I'm telling you, our God can and our God will and our God is going to see you through. Amen? He has not abandoned you. He hasn't let you go. Don't let go. Choose to endure that difficult time for a short time for a long-term reward. Third thing I want you to do is choose what God values, not what the world does. Choose what God values. Look what it says right there in verse 26. We're still in Hebrews 11. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead for his great reward. Let me tell you, the world, it values totally different things than God values. It values popularity, prestige, power. Oh, you know how many followers I have on Instagram? You know how many followers I have on Snapchat? You know how many followers I have on Pinterest? And you know how many followers I have on Facebook? You know how many, you know how many? Oh, who cares? Are you following Christ? And are you leading them, leading them to Christ or leading them to you? Because if you're leading them to Christ, praise God. Brag about your followers because they're not yours, they're his. But if you're, you're just all about you and uh, I've got so many followers and uh, I just talk about dating and I talk about uh, knowing how to get wild at a party and I know how to get, I, I know how to get drunk really and, 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 and not get caught in DUI and Oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? You're looking for popularity, prestige. It says, in, right there in verse 24, it says he refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. I don't need pride in my life. I don't have the pride of life. 
Oh, look at you, look at you, look at you. Oh, it must be nice, must be nice. You know what? God has spoiled me rotten. Cindy and I say this all the time. I'm, I'm being serious. We just sometimes start crying. She goes, in the words of the prophet George Lopez, why are you crying? Why are you crying? <laughs> of course, I'm joking. He's not a prophet. But. And she goes, member, I'm member, you know. But you know what? We do remember. We remember before we had Christ. How we almost lost our marriage. We remember how messed up I was. And then how good God has been. We turn into the parking lot and see what God has done. I look out and see this place packed and with people that have come to love us and accept us and believe in us. And man, we were born in Texas and we're still proud to be Tejanos and you guys hate Tejanos, but you guys have loved us and said, man, we don't really like that you're a Texan, but we love you, Pastor, you know? We love you. You guys have become our family. We moved here 41 years ago, didn't know anybody, didn't have any family members or nothing, and now we have thousands of people that have become our family. We go, thank you, Lord. Some people are looking for popularity. Others, the, the world values pleasure. Oh, the pleasure, the pleasure of sin. Oh, let's be honest. Sin is really pleasuring. If it wasn't pleasuring, we wouldn't be sinning. But pleasure, there's pleasure in sin. That's why we do it. That's why we're all messed up. We do stupid things because it feels good. There even used to be a mantra, if it feels good, do it. And there we are, okay. <laughs> then you get home and you're in trouble and your parents go, why did you do it? Oh, it said if it feels good, do it. So I did. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with us, man? The pleasures of sin. Verse 25 says he chose to share oppression instead of the, ple the fleeting pleasures of sin. Another thing that the world really values is possessions. Oh, do you know what I have? My home is a thousand square feet. Ooh, mine's. 1,500, ooh, mine's 2,000, ooh, mine's 3,000, ooh, mine's 4,000, ooh, yeah, oh, my God. Hey, we bought a car, ooh, we have four cars. I got a motorcycle, ooh, which kind did you get? Oh, yeah, I have that one, but I also have this one, this one, this one, and that one. It's like we're trying to outdo everybody. Like, oh, we have all these possessions. There used to be a bumper sticker back in the day when there used to be bumper stickers that says, I owe, I owe, to off to work I go. And when I saw that, I started singing it. I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Dum, 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 you know? I read another one that said the one with the most toys wins. You win what? Bigger debts? You're buying stuff that you don't need with money you don't have to impress people you don't know. What's wrong with us? There's nothing wrong with owning stuff. I'm not saying that, but some people are out of control. Where'd you get that QVC? The shopping network? I, I do yard sales, estate sales, garage sales. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes, have you, haven't you ever bought something you already owned? 
Come on, you know you did. I've done that. Cindy goes, why'd you get that? Well, I thought it was cool. We already have one. I'm like, would you look at that? It's like, what's wrong with us? See, we need what God values. God values purpose in our life. He values purpose. We need to have purpose. It's important, more important than popularity. Verse 24 says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called. See, he had purpose. I don't need to be called the Pharaoh's daughter. I know who I am. I'm a Hebrew. I was born for a purpose. I was saved for a purpose. God has me here for a reason. Do you know that in your life? you got to come to know that. Another thing is he found out that people are more important than pleasure. It says, verse 25, he chose to share the oppression of the people. He knew the people were more important than having a good time. Oh, I'm the Pharaoh's daughter's son. Look at the car I drive. Look at the house I live in. Look at the threads I wear. But instead he said, no, man, you know what? These are my people. I don't have to, you, you don't have to be poor to be your people. He said, I just choose to be with the people instead of with the riches of the world. Another thing God values is peace of mind. Peace of mind is more valuable than possessions. In verse 26, he thought it better to suffer for Christ, looking ahead at the future. Great reward. He knew there was going to be a great reward. I'm holding on to that. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to hold on and look at the invisible one that's ahead of me. Well, how can you see someone invisible? It's easy to see God. Look around. I just talked about it right now. A group of bikers, that some people are afraid of bikers. I've ridden bikes all my life, or not all my life, since I was 18. And Cindy would be on the back. She was my biker chick. Orale, babe, hop on the back. <laughs> right, babe? Right till we die, right, babe? She told me till the chrome falls off. Orale. But you know what? Sometimes people would look at us weird, huh? Like, oh my gosh, because we were all leathered out. And Cindy's, man, she's a tough one. Cindy would get off the bike and like this. Popping her knuckles and everything. I'm like, wow. I'm afraid of her. One of our grandsons calls her gangster granny. Oh, uh, before God, I'm telling you. Doesn't he call you that? Yeah. Gangster granny. And like that's in the order. Yeah. Hear me. Don't lose this. Make the right choices. The last thing I want to say is choose life. Choose to live your life by faith, not by fear. Remember when the pandemic hit? And people were freaked out. You had to put a mask on for everything. And then there's still COVID out there. And there's still some people with masks. I, I don't have a problem if you wear a mask. And I don't have a problem if you don't wear a mask. Just respect those that do and those that don't. My doctor still used to make us wear a mask up until just last month. And you know what? I wouldn't say, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. I put my mask on. This time I went to the doctor, 
And he goes, where's your mask? I go, they said you don't have to put one on. He goes, can you please put it on? I go, why? He goes, because you're ugly. I go, wow, orale. man, that's messed up. I'm like, not because I protect him. He was just like, ah, oh, dude, I didn't realize you were so ugly. All kidding aside, hear me. Live your life by faith, not fear. There's some people that live in fear all the time. Verse 27 says it was by faith that Moses left Egypt, not fearing, not fearing the king's anger. And he kept on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. I'll tell you what, our God might be invisible, but I see him all over the place. I see him filled in this room. I see people that love the Lord. I see some that literally have a newborn baby. And oh my gosh, to see that a little baby is so much hope and love and joy. And then there's some people in this room that you know what? They're losing their eyesight or have. And yet they choose to keep praising. Yet I will praise you with sight or without it. Because they see the invisible God, even though they might not be able to see. And we see the invisible God in them. Because we see them persevering and pushing through in spite of what they're facing. There's people in here that have suffered hardships. Family members that have been murdered. Others that have died because I talked to a lady this morning. Her daughter-in-law had a massive heart attack three weeks ago. The very next week, her uncle, her closest uncle, died. He was up in his years, but he's still it. It's hard to lose. A week later, her mother died. I told her, Virginia, you mean you've lost three of your family members in three weeks? She goes, yeah. Man, talked to another mother that her son had been coming to our church for a long time, and his name's Paul. He works for APS. And this summer, he's out at the campus and it was early in the morning, about six in the morning, there was some teenagers over there breaking windows and stuff. And he goes, hey, guys, he wasn't ugly. He, they have it all on camera and everything. He wasn't mean. He wasn't rude. He wasn't cussing at him. He just said, hey, hey, guys, no, no, I'm sorry. You can't be doing that here. You need to leave. And they shot him. Thank God he lived, but he's still suffering, and we're believing that God's going to raise Paul up. You see, in spite of their pain, they're living by faith not fear. They're saying, we're going to make it. We're going to get through this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see here now. Rather, we fix our gaze we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen for the things that we will see will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. Let me tell you something, church. I choose life. In the words of Joshua, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. 
I pray that you do the same. You choose Christ. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by, by obeying the law. For we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. He's saying, don't you get it? It's not about what you're doing or you're following all the rules. Let me tell you something. It's about putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the one that suffered, died, and was buried. The song that we said, it was the stained blood hands. Man, his, his love is written on his hands. Our name is written on his hands. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I always say it's so important. I want to be able to stand before God and say, Lord, I, I, I tried to make it available to everybody. Some of you don't have Jesus. Can you imagine if you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God? He's going to say, why didn't you accept the Lord? Well, no one ever told me. You I saw Pastor Mansfield talk about it a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah, I just told him, I'll oh, shut up. I'm tired of hearing that already. Man, you're going to go to hell. And some of you have said, man, I thank God, Pastor finally said it because I accepted Christ and here I am, I get to come into heaven not because of what I did, but what Jesus did for me. So if you have never given your life to Jesus and you want to do that, you want to receive him as your Savior and your Lord, raise your hand. Say, you know what, that's me. Anybody? Anyone here today? I just want to say praise the Lord then. I hope and pray that you are making choices that are healthy ones. And if you made some bad choices, and you got yourself in a mess. You made a choice for the pleasure of sin. And now you find yourself addicted, not just to drugs or alcohol, you might be addicted to sex or food or gambling or pornography or whatever. That's messing you all up. Some of you gave in for one moment and now you're about to lose your marriage, you're about to lose your job just for one moment of pleasure. I don't know what you need to make right with God, but if you do, if you need prayer, I invite you to come up. We won't make this any longer than we need to, but I want to give you an opportunity to pray before you leave. So would you stand with us? Would you sing this song one more time? Thank you to Pastor Michael and the team that so beautifully lead us into God's presence. Behold the Lamb, the story of redemption. 
Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, your time, uh, or this time together with you, Lord. And Lord, we, we give you praise, Lord, because you're so good. You're so good, Lord, that we can come into this place, Lord, and release it all to you, Lord, and, and you do what you do, Lord, and you refresh us, Lord. You remind us, remind us, Lord, of the supremacy of Christ. We thank you, Jesus. Behold the Lamb, the story of redemption written on his hands. Let that minister to our hearts, Lord, as we walk away from this place today, Lord, that we not leave your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for this time together. It's in your name that we pray. Church, can we celebrate what the Lord has done in this place? And we have our brothers and our sisters that are that are still praying but church just before you leave we want to remind you that if you're here for child dedication right outside these doors to my left and your right is where you want to go right after we dismiss and church we met some wonderful people here today church that the lord has transformed and is using for his glory we met roxy and javier and bishop and his wife lenora 
Let that minister to you. And if the Lord is charging you to do something about that, listen to what the Lord is telling you about. God bless you, church. We love you. We see you Wednesday. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you.